What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Balls Live podcast in the paint with Devin Ugland and Ronnie Flores. Ronnie, episode 14. These things are flying by. Uh, we're talking all things Southern Regional Playoffs, all things state championship today. Let's jump right into um, some of the things that we saw in the Southern Regional Playoffs over the last week and, you know, week and a couple days. Four games in the lower divisions, and uh, three games in the open. Last night, we were at Chino Hills at Awanda. Great game. Onyeka Okongwu sealed uh, Chino Hills' fourth trip to a state championship in the last five years with two free throws, 5.6 seconds left on the clock, giving Chino Hills a 49-47 to win at Etiwanda. Big-time stuff from Big O. Ronnie, what did you see last night? What did you like? What did you uh, dislike? Yeah, um, obviously, Chino Hills is going for its third title in four years, its fourth appearance in five years. Uh, the game was great atmosphere. Obviously, Etiwanda's a spacious gym. They were the number one seed. We'll get into that, how they kind of, you know, could have been in maybe in the open. They dropped to number one, so they have a good chance to go far. They had the home court advantage throughout. Uh, well, Chino Hills crowd was, was raucous, and uh, it was uh, 44-32 with about four minutes and some change to go. Yeah, 432. Yeah, and, and uh, Etiwanda was in control. I mentioned to you earlier in the game, I said, hey, where's Etiwanda going to go to for a big basket when they need it? Yep. Just mention it. It had nothing to do with the game. I was just thinking that out loud and kind of looking at the way the game was flowing. They actually have good players. They're young still, but they don't have a, 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 a big-time score as of yet. They have good players all around. So I said, well, that might come into play, but they played really well. Um, Legend Stamps, I thought, did a pretty good job. The six foot seven, six foot eight senior forward on Onyeka Kongwu. You know, Kongwu didn't get easy baskets. They had a couple guys come off the bench. Um, Wyatt, number 34. Yeah, Darvell Wyatt. Wyatt. He, yeah, did, he did a nice job, sophomore. He, yeah, he did nice a good piece. job. Yeah, yeah, he just, you know, he's, he has a big body, so obviously Kleck's going to use him. And, um, you know, then they, then they kind of had a couple turnovers. Then Chino Hills had a couple turnovers. They go, man, this is going back and forth, but I go, maybe not enough time. And then you could see Big O just kind of pick it up. They all kind of picked it up. Then Chino Hills really picked it up and did a good job of... Uh, just, just not panicking. They're yeah. down eight, down seven, couple turn or whatever. Then a couple of four shots by Edwin. Again, these are young players. Things can happen. They, they took a couple shots. I thought they shouldn't have. Yeah, I sometimes yeah. I think again, you wouldn't do it in this game. But if there was less than, if you're up more than two or three possessions, Devin, why wouldn't you tell your team? I basically want you to get a 35 second shot clock violation. Is it because maybe because you're going to turn over trying to do something you're not normally doing? Yeah, I like, think. You know I think what I'm if saying? Sometimes I'm like, they shoot shots and it's almost as bad as a turnover. I see, yeah, I see what you're saying, especially early in the shot clock. Yeah. Like like you said, um, I think one of the, the shots you're thinking of is uh, Darvell Wyatt in the corner. Yeah. Tyree Campbell swung a pass to him in the corner mm-hmm. and he was open. Like, sure. he was open. I think there was 15 seconds left in the shot clock and he was open and he let it fly. I, I appreciate the confidence yeah. that he was, you know, confident enough to take that shot. If it went in, great shot. It did not. The game's over, yeah. Yeah, it did not. It would have been, that, that probably would have sealed the victory. They would have been up, I think at that time it would have been up 15. Yeah. Um, and it went the other way. I think Chino Hills came down and Manor Hall hit a jumper. Yeah. Um, and it cut the lead in, basically in half and gave Chino Hills big-time momentum. But I think in a game of that magnitude with a, a player as big as as good and impactful as Onyeko Okongwu is, I, I don't think you can take that 35-second shot clock, but I agree. Play it out as long as you can. Got keep, it. Play keep so away as long as you can. Drive to the hole, yeah. try and get to the free-throw line. 
Because if I'm up, this is just a guy. You, you can get a three-pointer whenever. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just not thinking about last night. I can think of general strategy. Maybe a, a coach or somebody listening could chime in to us in the future when they see us or you know talk to us or, or comment. But if I'm up six or eight points with less than a minute, I'm basically telling my team I want a shot at the 35-second shot clock or take the damn penalty. I'm with I don't you. care. And maybe, you know, I just don't want a shot with 10, 15, 11 seconds to go. I want those seconds gone. Yeah, you know, like in yeah. a, a, a game situation, it's yeah. a, say it's a tie game with 10 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. You're dribbling that thing out for yeah. the last shot. Yeah. You're talking a similar kind of thing. If you're up six or eight with a minute left, yeah. use all 35 seconds, seconds of that shot clock. But I just think, again, a big game, regional final, state final, section final, nerves kick in. You know, you could get a turnover. You're not used to dribbling 35 seconds. That that's a long time when you're in the heat of battle. So I get that point. Yeah. But I remember a couple of times. You know, Cameron Pierce get the lane. Mayshak, Jemai Mayshak gets the lane. They don't really have anything. They're keeping the dribble alive. A couple of times they lost it. Yeah. And those were big turnovers. So right. you, you you know there's a give and take there. So it was a great game. They're a young team, so they yeah. got they got plenty of firepower yeah. coming back. It was a great game. Obviously, it was a two point game. When like you said, Erneka sealed it. So I just wanted to go over, um, since we're already talking about it, we just go over what happened because, like you said, the, the bracket is, uh, you know, four games. Yeah, you guys so, haven't had an update from us since, I mean, the state play, state regional really started. So in the open division game, uh, Modern Day went on the road to Simi Valley High School uh, to play Sierra Canyon. That was on televised on Spectrum Sports Net, Ronnie. I watched it when I got home last night from Etiwanda. That long, uh, that decently long drive for us. 83-73. 83-73, Sierra Canyon won, advanced to the Open Division State Championship for the second straight year. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Martin Jr., uh, he, he had 30 points and went 14 of 15 from the field, and a majority of those were dunks, as he's known to do. I mean, Which is a little shocking. Maybe McKnight and Coach Quinn felt, hey, we want somebody else to beat us. Sure, not Cassius or Pippen or Coloco or oh, whomever. Because that's a little but surprising. 14 of 15 from the field. You're going to be hard all, to win. All within yeah. two feet of the basket? It's going to be hard to win like that. Right. You know, the games at Simi Valley High, we'll get into that a little later about how the regionals were at home sites. You know, I've been to the state finals almost 20 years now. Been following it for even longer than that. Been to most of those regional finals, and it was great games. Uh, you talk about Etiwanda. Etiwanda falls to 0-4 in regional finals. The games have been at the LA Sports Arena, which is now gone. Doesn't even it's not <laughs> right, even there right, no right. more. It's bulldozed. You know, it's bulldozed. You talk about Citizens Bank. Yeah, Ontario. And you talk about last year against Sierra Canyon, a the, close game at at the pyramid. Right. So now you're playing at Etiwanda High School. So and they had a, Etiwanda had right, a hell of a crowd right. in there last night. It was great. jammed. The cheerleaders were so loud yeah. sitting right behind right. us. Yeah, it was uh, a great atmosphere. <laughs> slamming those things on the yeah. grass. I got a headache from that. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I just wanted to run over these scores because, like you said, the, the regional started at a um, let's go to Sierra Canyon was one. They actually played modern day. They were seven was, seed, which was, which was, uh, uh, yeah. Low seed Fairfax was two, seven. So modern day Bishop Montgomery was the three, six. We went to that game. We did at, um, El Camino college. Modern day, modern executed day them. just rolled through them. We too went many to seal the, guys. the modern day Centennial game after Centennial beat Fairfax. <laughs> they rolled we'll them. Get, <laughs> we'll get into that as, as it's just a, you know, what do you think about that, Devin? Fairfax, nationally ranked team, beat Westchester three times, and then just can't Centennial has their numbers. Is it because they have as equal amount of good guards, or what, what What do you take from there? Probably. I mean, here's the thing with Fairfax and Centennial. They both play a similar style. Yeah. They both have kind of similar roster makeups with 
guard heavy lineups with maybe one yeah. like you know Dalen Williams six seven forward and Dennis yeah. Cash is six yeah. six forward for Corona Centennial kind of bounce each other kind out. Of bounce each other out. So you have bit. Ethan Anderson against uh, um, DJ Davis. You have uh, Jalen Clark against Robert McCray. So that's why we have the 76-75 final Real in close. favor of Corona Centennial. It could have gone either way. Yeah, you know they got in the last second. I remember Jalen Clark. Had a really good game, and he played really good defense on Ethan, forced Ethan to pick up his dribble. It's yep. just like five, four. Ethan has to swing it over to the right-hand side. You know, really Justin gets, Hunter with the shot. Yeah, Justin Hunter doesn't even really get a good look. Yeah. The game is over. So basically this week, from, from that standpoint, from a national standpoint a little bit, Westchester, after beating Rancho Christian, we talked about that game on the last pod. Westchester had the home as the 4-5, which we thought wasn't right because of the scores throughout the season, especially yeah. the Sierra Canyon score. That seed was weird. A couple weird you know, seedings here. Yeah, yeah, a couple weird seedings. And there were some real seedings, weird seedings in the lower division <laughs> that we'll get to. But Shout out Mayfair. Yeah, Mayfair and, and Foothill and Foothill Bakersfield. Bakersfield Christian. It's just like, whoa. But we'll get to those. <laughs> 74-57. So that's where I don't, where the seeding to me is like, okay, we got to forget about the seeding. That's a shocking result. Yeah, I mean, that's, 74, a, that's, that's not a blowout. A, yeah, that's not 75-76 like Fairfax Centennial in that 4-5. Rancho had to go on the road. They just didn't put it together. So this week, that means Fairfax, Rancho, and uh, Westchester all fell out of the Fab 50. Modern Day jumped into it. So let's go over those scores. Sierra Canyon beat Torrey Pines then. Sierra <laughs> yeah, that Cannon was... Uh, <laughs> beat, yeah. Yeah. You know, Sierra, Torrey Pines probably was more of a D1 middle ground. Sure. The D1 oh, yeah. team that would have done good. Gave, whether it's Etiwanda, uh, Chino Hills, you know, any one of those, Rancho Verde or one of those teams, a game, right. Bosco. Right. So they yep. kind of got thrown through the wolves, which we, we kind of predicted. Man, you know, they're just not going to win that game away from San Diego County. Uh, Sierra Canyon beat Westchester 65-60 to play. I don't think they would have won that game in any county. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to play even in Mount Shasta. Even in Mount Shasta. To play, you know, to the regional final. As we said, modern day on a rainy night last Saturday beat Centennial yep. 67-54. In the north, we got a rematch from the state championship game. Number seven in the Fat 50, Salesian. Hits a bye in the first round. They're undefeated. We talked about them for quite a few weeks now. They go in. They're at the host. They lose to Modesto Christian 56-55. For the fourth straight year, they've lost a regional opener. It's just a, it's a shocker all the way around. They had a great season. Sheldon's in the final against Sierra Canyon. That's a rematch. They beat Sheldon by 18-20 points, 77-59. You know, so then you go to the lower bracket. Uh, Sheldon had a bye, so they played De La Salle after De La Salle beat a pretty good Western Ranch team with Stockton. You know, shout out to Western Ranch. They had a really good season, had 30-game winning streak. Then De La Salle loses to Sheldon 60-53 to get to the regional final at Consumes River uh, Junior College in the Sacramento area, and Sheldon advances to the state final for the second straight year, 58-48. Next Saturday night, it'll be Sheldon and Sierra Canyon. Um, let's go down to D1. Devin, talk a little bit about number one seed, Anawanda, how they got there versus six seeds, Chino Hills. You talked about that Mayfair thing, Mayfair not dropping a D2. It's a 6-11 matchup. T take us through the results in D1. Yeah, so what happens is Torrey Pines gets nominated from the San Diego section, so that means one more uh, Southern section team is up. So that opens a spot in D1. The Central section takes their teams to the North, mm -hmm. so that right. opens even... Their two more spots. Two yeah. more spots because their representatives from D1 would have, maybe one of them would have been D1 or D2. Yeah. Um, 
but it opens up at least one more spot, which means um, when when doing state seeding, the sections list their top teams from one to forty four. That's in the southern section, in order one to forty four. The top teams. I'm sure, the city does too. In the city, that they all do it, but yeah. it, the the amount of teams is different. The sure. southern section does forty four. Bigger, correct. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Um, so they go down the line, okay, and they take the top eight seeds or the top whatever seeds they need for the open, they place those. And yeah. then they keep going down the list. It's just an order. It's just an order, and Mayfair happened to be... 16 or 1. That that 16 right there. That, Correct. They happened to be so, on the bubble and were the, the team that got moved up. So what we're Unfortunately trying to say is Mayfair played in their section final against Rancho Cucamonga. One double, two double A. But since... Rancho Cucamonga lost. They increased their chances of winning state tremendously, yeah. even though they didn't win. And we'll get into that regional final against Colony, a matchup of teams. The D1 and D2 SoCal were all within like five miles of each other. Yeah. So we'll, we'll so just break us down the results real quick that people haven't been, uh, you know, in tune or pod for a week and a lot of games happened. So Chino Hills beat Mayfair 72-69. Then I went to the Chino Hills Boston game. Big O had 34 11 rebounds, 5 blocks. They beat Bosco, which was missing Josh Doe. Bosco just had a tough luck season. They yeah. were really good, and they just never were healthy. A lot of injuries. They were never healthy. And then uh, Chino Hills beats Rancho Verde for the second time, 69-59 all the way on the road, because Rancho Verde was the second seed as an open team yep. from the southern section. They were behind Etiwanda, number one. And we saw their first game. It was an overtime wild three game at battle zone and then they beat them 69-59. Right. So uh, that was a great game at battle yeah. zone. And the top the top of the bracket Etiwanda cool. advanced with the uh with a 68-57 win over San Diego San Augustine. Um Etiwanda then beat Birmingham 74-53. Bit surprising to me that Birmingham beat Harvard West. And Birmingham upset Harvard Westlake to get into that second round. The 8-9. Yeah. Eight, yeah. And then Etiwanda defeated Santa Margarita uh, 55-43 and lost to Chino Hills uh, as we discussed um on Tuesday night 49-47. Uh, Etiwanda had four straight home games in yeah. the playoffs. That's and what that was, we kind of wanted to get into is what are your what are your takes on on the regionals being played at home sites, especially the especially the big ones? Yeah, it's um you know, we're going to bring in our special guest to talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes, Mark Tennis, the editor and founder of Cal High Sports. He's been going to the state finals for a very long time and want to get his take on that, kind of this competitive equity model. You know, you losing your <laughs> you losing your section final or semifinal so that increases your chances of winning state in a lower division. Is that right? Does that make it good? You know, what what what's the take there? Um, want to talk a little bit about Santa Margarita? They they reached that regional semifinal. I think you went to the second round game, Margarita versus Foothills Christian, seventy six sixty six over a good San Diego team that's been in the top twenty. Uh, take us what happened there, and take us what happened against Margarita in the in the semifinals. Obviously, Santa Margarita beat Chino Hills. In the big O era, Chino Hills has only lost three playoff games so far with one to go, and that was to Margarita in the D1 final. So right, talk about what happened to Margarita in the in the regional. Yeah, D1 Southern Section final, uh, Margarita. I mean, they were they were on fire yeah. coming into the into the state regional in the South, and they beat a decent, you know, uh, Mission Bay team led by Boogie Ellis going to Duke pretty handily, I mean, by 18 points. Um, defeated Foothills Christian by ten. I was at that game. You know, Jake Kyman and Max Agmonk Polo when they're when they're both on, they're extremely tough to beat. Um, and they didn't really have anyone to deal with the big Lee in the middle either. Uh, he had twelve points uh, on like six of six shooting. Um, I didn't go to the Etiwanda game, but 
Jemai Meshack's defense against Jake Kaiman, I heard, was just stifling. Held, you know, one of the top scorers in in Southern California and one of the better scorers in Southern California to zero points on zero of nine field goals. Wow. Um, that's, that's a sophomore doing that. Jemai yeah. May, you got to shout out Jemai Meshack. He's one of the best on-ball and team defenders that we have. And, yeah, we saw that last night. Um, he hit a couple shots, and that's coming around for him. And but yeah, the defense they had in that regional semi, I'm sure he they needed all that for them to get by because, like you said, Margarita can score. They showed that against Chena Hills in other games. They beat Bishop Gorman, who was a eight time state champion in Nevada. They beat Rancho Christian, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, they beat Rancho, yeah, yeah. They beat Rancho Christian. So amazing takes of results. It kind of hurts California nationally. But now we want to jump into the state championships, our hard in the paint topic. So we're going to bring in our guest, Mark Tennis. And, you know, Mark has been, uh, you know, following this, doing state rankings for nearly 40 years. Uh, obviously, he was at the state final last year, Sierra Cannon Sheldon. And when Chino Hills won, Chino Hills is playing James Logan, who was the number one seed in Division One, Colony, mm-hmm. who beat Rancho Cucamonga, the team that we talked about getting the bump down. They were the one seed. Colony advances to play Campolindo, a tough team. And D two, yeah. And D three, we got La Jolla Country Day versus University of San Francisco. Division four, Rebay Academy of Los Angeles, who we know a little bit about. Emmanuel Reedley, which Emmanuel um, is from the central section, and Emmanuel is actually north mm-hmm. for this game. Right. But in Division five, Emmanuel <laughs> is south. I'm sorry, Foothills of Bakersfield is south. Right. Playing Mount Shasta, right. which is real north, yeah, north, north. That's like, north. Yeah, we don't we don't go out north. we don't go out there very often. It's too cold. No, it's too cold and far. That's really north. So let's uh, bring in Mark Tennis and uh, Mark. We can get Mark on the line. Mark, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How's it going, Ronnie? Yeah, how you doing, yep. Mark? Thanks, thanks for uh, dialing in and being with us in our hard in the in the paint uh, podcast this week. Um, Devin, I know you got a few questions for Mark, and we're going to run run some down. Uh, Mark, we're going to talk about the state championships and get your general observations and some predictions and of the game. So, go ahead, Devin. Yeah, Mark, it's glad to have you on board. Here's a, here's the first. Let's just fire these things off. Here's the first question. Um, you and Ronnie have been going to the state championships for an extremely long time. You probably longer than Ronnie. Um, how many state finals have you actually even missed since this, the modern tournament started in 1982? Okay. The uh first official uh, state championships were in 1980, and I was there. Um, the Southern section and the San Diego section were not in it. And then in 81, I believe, you know, first couple years, it wasn't everybody that was in it, but eventually the Southern section and the San Diego section were in it. Um, and I, I've been to every one, uh, every, every year I've been to the state finals. I missed one day. Uh, in 1993, I did not see, I believe, Jesuit play Crenshaw that year for the D1, the uh, Division mm-hmm. One final. I missed that one that day. Uh, but other than that, I've been to every every one. Wow. I missed a couple of the early early morning games. Sure, sure, the lower um, level games over the years. But I, I've been to every year. I've been every year since since the event started. I've been to it every year. That makes sense, Mark. So, yeah, we kind of take it as the modern tournament started in 1982 because, like you said, all the sections were in. Um, obviously, it was it evolved from the, the NorCal Tournament of Champions, which kind of got you sparked into covering high school with your uncle, Nelson Tennis, kind of going after records following Bill Cartwright of Elk Grove. 
So what's your main takeaway, Mark, from seeing the event grow over the years from the NorCal TLC to the advent of the open division in the recent years? What's your general take and observations from that growth? Um, I, I would say the first thing is the uh, how the girls have really uh, evolved over the years. Because when the event started, they got the CIF got really lucky with Cheryl Miller being in it. I see, um, yeah, 1982. And it was just, you know, and there were more people at the game she was in in the boys game and that was one of the very first state state finals yeah. and before that we had Jackie White and then some of the other great uh, female players over the years we've been able to see so the the girls being right there with the boys at the very beginning has been a a, a real plus um for the 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 CIF and also for gender equity um, and and women's sports in general. That's been one main takeaway. And just, you know, some of the great players and great teams you see over the years also always stick out. And some of the friends you've seen over the years, uh, uh, including Ronnie in recent years, but but even going back with other people over the years. And it's just been uh, been fun to see, you know, some of the great um, some of the great players and great teams. Makes sense. Thanks. Mark, input there. Um, how do you feel about the competitive equity model? Do you like seeing the small town high schools in the lower divisions or, you know, would you rather see like a, a nationally ranked team like a Dominguez in D2 a few years back or like an Artesia with James Harden play in the at D3 level? Well, if you remember Artesia with uh, James Harden, you know, they, they played um, St. Mary's of Stockton, which is down the street and it wasn't very competitive or close um, even in the state final. So, uh, some years you did get uh, good matchups between two top teams. I think generally I like competitive equity, but I like it when teams are in, from the same league or in the same divisions. I like it. I like it more of a league strength um, competitive equity model. Not not everybody split up the way it is now. Um, and I just think and I think it is good for small and one 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 high school towns to to get in there, like a Mount Shasta this year. Argonaut last year. Um, that's good for the event. Um, on the other hand, it's it's still hard for those towns to compete, no matter whether you have competitive equity or not. Um, I think generally I like competitive equity. I, I like the model the Southern Section uses in football, and that is that you know when the season starts what divisions teams are going to be in. Mm-hmm. And I that think makes that sense. makes it easier to follow for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the way it is, uh, no one knows what divisions they're in. They could be in four, three, two. It doesn't. You have no idea what divisions they're going to be in. Um, so it's really hard to follow, and it's very confusing. I mean, you can't eliminate a lot of the confusing elements of it by sort of predetermining at the beginning of the season uh, what divisions certain teams are going to be in. I think that would help a lot. Yeah, that makes sense, Mark. You're talking about, you know, especially strong leagues like we have the baseline league. Obviously, Etowan and Chino Hills battled last night in the SoCal D1. And Rancho Cucamonga from the same league had a chance to go in D2. So, it, it's yeah, that, that and then we've seen that in the past with Clay Thompson and Margarita while Modern Day was in a higher division. They won the D3 title over Sacramento. So, I think, yeah, that kind of throws people off a little bit, especially if you don't follow it week to week. I kind of agree there. Uh, what is the main one or two things you think can can change to improve the event overall? Now, maybe it's that, including that, uh, you know, league strength and, and predetermined enrollments. Is there another 
uh, thing or two that you think can change the overall event for improvement? Uh, one thing that I think would be pretty easy to do would be to have the girls open division and the boys open division on separate nights. Um, I really hate it that the two biggest games of the year in California in boys basketball and girls basketball are basically held within 10 minutes of each other. One game ends and here's the other one. Um, it's just not enough time to really, you know, absorb what just happened. And it drives me nuts and it probably drives a lot of other people in the media nuts. And it would just be better, uh, a better spotlight for the girls to be uh, having, like on Friday night, be the last game and the boys be the last game on, on Saturday night. That's that's one one thing I think that they could do that would be would, would make it a little easier. Anything they can do to sort of put more of a spotlight on the open division as we lead into the state finals. The open division games could have been tonight instead of last night. Uh, they're they're going to be playing on Saturday. Uh, why not play them tonight so they're all on the same night and at least we can focus in on the open division games tonight without all the other games going on at the same time. Um, those would be two, a couple of things that they could do. I mean, the, the teams that played last night, some of them have to play Friday. Um, yes. So what would be the difference with an open division team playing on a Wednesday and then playing on a Saturday? They could do it. Yeah, that makes sense, Mark. You know, that was one of the gripes me and Devin and other media members and fans had down here. All the games were on the same night. Like last night, we couldn't watch another game. You know, they weren't at the same locations this year all of a sudden. Obviously, the the schedule change and we just didn't get to see as many games as we could in the past. We couldn't recap, you know, like all the regional finals. There's just no time. I didn't go to any games. I couldn't. There's no way I could go to a game. I'd be in the car for two hours and I'd get back. There's no way. Yeah, I'd you're trying to stay to... home and follow it and do tweeting and all whatever. There's no way I can go to home. Yeah, any and that's, that's just destiny. It's too hard. It's a big different feel from previous years where you can sit in a big arena We'd like to see the girls, you know, especially in the regional section level, kind of in their own, like you said, have their own spotlight and have more boys games at one venue and more girls games at one venue so people could see what they want. I, I don't know about, you could speak a little bit about the north, but right now we, the southern section and other sections, they have an attendance issue. And, and you know, we, we'd, we'd like to think of ways they could remedy that and that some of what you said might be the way. It could be, but on the other hand, you know, I, I did a poll, Twitter poll this week about what you know, what people think of the new schedule, and and most, you know, the media people like us don't like it, but a lot of the fans didn't seem to mind. It seemed to like it. Got to uh, get it over play with. Play in their home game and yeah. cram into a small gym in their home place and get the home crowd rocking and find a, a gym where everyone gets you know cozy and 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 intense and. A lot of other people like it that way. Maybe a lot of the fans like that um, and don't like, you know, spending all the money and effort to go to a big arena. So um, I think there's two sides to the argument. I think clearly I prefer the way it was before, and a lot of people in the media prefer it the way it was before. But uh, the fans may not may not agree a lot with us, and the CIF also may make more money doing it this way if you have, you know, two thousand people crammed into uh, Simi Valley and another bunch of people, you know, in Foothill and Bakersfield was sold out. There were a lot of sold out gyms. You know, Mount Shasta was sold out. I mean, how many people from Mount Shasta are going to be driving to uh, Sacramento for a, for a for a regional final? So there's 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 two sides to it. You have to admit there's two sides to it. Makes sense.
and I could see the fan side and you know it's a lot of we want the fans to enjoy it and see see as many games as possible but again if they're rooting for their home team that makes sense yeah we were at Awanda last night and it was jammed it yeah. was Edwanda had tons of fans. Uh, Chino Hills, you know, twenty miles down the road, had tons of fans. Um, but like Ryan said, I would I would like to be able to sit at Long Beach State and watch three or four games. But that that could be selfish thinking of me, and I'm not seeing both sides. But uh, let's let's jump into some straight basketball stuff here. Um, a lot of our listeners, um, you know, don't know the NorCal scene as as much as they probably would like to. Ronnie and I are, are also in that same boat, so we want your take. Um, on the lower divisions of the NorCal teams, give us a little rundown of first Mount Shasta, who plays Foothill of Bakersfield in Division Five. Uh, Mount Shasta, um, you know they have a great record. They're thirty-three and one. It's a legitimate Division Five small town team. Um, they have a couple of brothers that score a lot for them: Cole Riccomini and Caden Riccomini. Are they twins? Um, they're. Uh, they're, uh, they can score in spurts. Um, I think they're they're going to have a hard time in this game against Foothill. Um, I, I think Foothill's. Uh, I think it was a mistake that they're in Division Five. To tell you the truth, um, a big mistake. I'm it sounds like. I'm not sure why they're in Division Five. But, yeah, Mark. Can you explain are. that to people a little bit? The Bakersfield Christian, Foothill Bakersfield yeah, section the, final. The, the Foothill Christian. Um, um, Foothill of Bakersfield defeated uh, Bakersfield Christian in their section final. And then when the pairings came out, Bakersfield Christian was in Division Three, and Foothill was in Division Five. Oops! Now yeah. we've seen teams <laughs> that I've just never seen that before. Makes no sense. No, we, we've had teams that were in separate divisions. You know, that, you know, like like Rancho Cucamonga famously uh, was top seed in Division Two in the South, and the team they lost to uh, Mayfair was stuck up in Division one and had to play Chino Hills. We've seen it that way, but I'd never seen it where the team that lost was seated higher. So I'm just thinking that somewhere down the line, someone in the section or someone, there was a mistake. And, <laughs> uh, Foothill mistake. got put in division five. I, I don't yeah. know what it was. I, I don't, it has to be. It's yeah. the only, like, the a, only, like a clerical error or something. Who knows? I don't know. It's <laughs> the only thing that, that makes sense. Cause you know, Foothill hasn't had much competition in division five. I mean, they have a six-eight center, you know, Edward Squid Turner. They yeah. have the, the the really good sophomore guard that everybody knows about, Jaden Phillips. Um, and then you've got Mount Shasta, which is a small <laughs> town. They're a small town team. Yeah, I'm just uh, thinking it's, of it's just going to be tough for them. Yeah, I'm thinking you know, of Jaden. They do well. I hope they'll, they'll get some decent decent people to show up. Um, but it's going to be a tough road for them, um, even though they're 33 and one. Their only losses to an Oregon team. Um, so that's kind of interesting. They haven't lost a game to anyone in California all year, but you know, it's Mount Shasta. It's, it's pretty far up there. Um, it's been a great season for them. No matter what happens, they're going to be fine with it because they, they said in the papers last, uh, you know, this morning that they were just hoping to win one NorCal game and they not only won one, they got all the way to the, they won the NorCal championship. So, um, it's just gravy for for that yeah. school in that town to to even be in the game. So they're, they're going to have fun with it no matter what. But they're they're going to be a, a pretty solid underdog against Foothill. Then you look at Division Four. Uh, I'll just move from the bottom up. You sure. Have, yeah. Um, yeah. You have Emmanuel in that game. Um, I don't know that much about them as far as their players. 
but it's been a solid program. The, the, they they were zero and six in the in the regional finals when they were in the south, and then they're in the north and they win. A lot of people know Emmanuel from 2016 when they had a really good team, the best team in the central section. Colin Slater. Period. And they uh, they were forced into the uh, open division, and they had to play Lonzo Ball and the Big O and Chino Hills in the first round that year in the open division, and that was kind of unfair. So it would be nice to see Emmanuel do well, but again – to me, Rebay looks like what are they doing in Division Four? You know, they have they're twenty. They only have three losses. They have a some D one guys, a lot of size. Their computer ranking is is in the, like a hundred points better than Emmanuel, and it's just I I don't know why they're in Division Four. Uh, they could have been in Division Three. Yeah, Emmanuel. So I, I don't know how how Emmanuel is gonna is gonna stay. Uh, in that one, but they might, you never know. And then in division three, uh, you've got uh university of San Francisco, a very well coached team. Their coach, Randy Basolo is, does a great job there. Followed his teams for many years. Very well coached. That's a team that uh, had lost three games in a row to a team down the, in, the, in the same league, Stuart Hall. And Stuart Hall was in the D four final last year. And this year, University had lost three three to them. But then they, they beat Stuart Hall in the North Coast section final. And they've kind of kept on rolling since then. Uh, their defense has been really good. Uh, against Monterey, <coughs> they, only, they only gave up 41 points. Um, so they can play at a uh, play a real strong half-court game. And uh, they, they may have a little bit uh, better of a chance in, in winning in winning their game. Uh, and, of course, they are going to play... Who are they playing against? La Jolla Country Day. That's right. They're playing La Jolla Country Day. And that's a team that's been up and down, but they've also had a lot of injury problems. So. Yeah, they have, a, they have a really good shooter, Ryan Langborg, going to Princeton. He's a, he's a big-time scorer. Yeah, I, I, they have a they have a 6'10 center, and that's going to be hard for uni to, to deal with. But... um. Uh, we'll see. That one might be a little bit better chance for the North than the other two uh, in those in those in those lower three lower division games. Gotcha. Then we move to Division Two, where uh, Campo Lindo has two extremely talented guards, the brothers um, Aiden and Carter Mahaney. They play Colony, um, led by Cedric Altman, going to Pepperdine, one of the fiercest competitors I've ever seen on the basketball court, uh, and a couple of good sophomores in Brenton Napper and Denim Dawson Jones. Um, Mark, give us your take on uh, Campo Lindo. I, I like uh, I also like the uh, guard David Ahazi, um, who's can go kind of can go inside a little bit. I've seen him play, um, and he's he's very good, underrated player, um, and he gives them a lot of stability and is a, you know glue player, but he can score. Um, I like him a lot as well. Um, Campolindo is a team. Remember that won the Modesto Christian tournament. And they beat Modesto Christian in the semifinals. That's their big win of the year. And then Western Ranch beat them in the final. So they are capable of uh, putting it together and beating an elite team. They're very well coached. Um, they're going to have to figure out a way to slow down Altman in this game. Um, and th- this could be a and, – and they had a nice win over Sarah. Um, Sarah has a 6-7 center. So they've played big guys. They've played physical teams before. 
Um, they can spread you out. They can play different different ways. I, I, this could be a, a very good game. And uh, it, it's not just the guards. I think Campolino has other players that can, can make three-pointers if they're left open. So it's, it should be an interesting – this, this gives the North a, a halfway decent chance too. Yeah, that sounds like it could be one of the best boys' games of the weekend, Mark. Uh, you know, some great players on both sides. I know Campolindo has good fan support. Um, Chino Hills and James Logan in D1, Mark. Obviously, Chino Hills has to slow down the guards, and James Logan has a big task to try to slow down Okongwu. Uh, you know, does James Logan have a chance to slow him down? Do you think they can? What's your take there? Um, usually the Division One boys game is where the South having the superior depth of top teams shows up the most. Um, this year, uh, the North had two buys. So Logan probably would have been a team that would have been in the open division if they didn't have two buys. Uh, they had a buys for Sheldon and Salesian. Uh, Logan probably would have been in the open division otherwise. I mean, they're a pretty solid team. And they're, they're used to playing. They played some big guys before. Uh, when I saw them against the team from Utah, the Utah team had a seven foot three center, um, and they they can battle. Uh, they have they have played some 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 good competition. Um, they're clearly the underdogs here uh, with Chino Hills and his pedigree, experience, and the way the Big O has been playing in the last few 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 uh, weeks. It's been you know ridiculous, been insane. Uh, he's been playing at a very, very high level. Um, and it's, they're clearly the underdogs in this game. Um, but yeah, they're clearly an underdog team, but you never know. I mean, they're going to have to play out of their minds. Um, and they'll, they'll have a little bit of a home advantage. A couple of their guys were on the team two years ago that lost to that, that went to the, the division one state final, um, and lost, but they were, they have experience there. So, um, that, that'll help them. That, that'll help them. They're clearly the underdogs, though, of course. Yeah, that, that James Logan team lost to uh, Eastvale Roosevelt from down this way in the Corona area, which had uh, Jamal Baker, who's now at Kentucky, and Matt Mitchell, who's playing at San Diego State. Uh, Mark, let's, yeah. Move, yeah, let's move to the Open Division now. A uh, rematch of the 2018 final between Sierra Canyon and Sheldon. Um, one of the biggest you know, storylines surrounding this, in my opinion and Ronnie's opinion, is the fact that Josh Morgan... Uh, is out of this game with his knee injury. He suffered at the Take Flight Challenge. Uh, Ronnie and I were there. They're playing uh, Bishop Montgomery. Yeah. Um, how how big of a loss is that for Sheldon in this game to deal with the likes of KJ Martin, uh, Christian Coloco, and the big guys of Sierra Canyon? Um, I think it's not that big of a factor. I think Sheldon uh, can can survive with with the players they have. I mean, they they battled some big teams, and they have a lot of six five, six six type players. Um, that that play that, that, that play at a high level. They have a lot of depth. You can use up a lot of fouls. Um, you know, the game I saw, the kid came off the bench and scored nine points. Can't remember his name, but um, they had a bench player scored nine points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and you know, they have you know Justin Nguyen, the, the real solid guard. Um, they've got solid depth, well coached. They'll have the home crowd cooking, experience from the year before, and they were. They were certainly not blown out last year. They had a they had a chance last year, so it's probably going to be a similar game, um, I would guess. And you know, the difference being that we have now Marcus Bagley in the mix at 
Sheldon, and he scored 10 points last night, six, four, five rebounds. So he seems like he's coming together from his sore back. And, um, and uh, they've got, you know, the Browns, Xavier Brown, Xavier Brown. Those two kids can, you know, they just got a lot of solid, really good players. Um, and they, they took care of Modesto Christian pretty, pretty impressively. They, they, uh, they got out to a really bad start. Modesto Christian, I think, went on a 9-0 run to start. And then Sheldon went on a 16-0 run. Um, to uh, take control. So I think they have the depth where not having Josh Morgan is, is going to be okay in that, in, that, in that part of the game. Uh, of course, you have Sierra Canyon with a lot of guys from last year as well, and that's going to be make it hard for Sheldon to win. Um, and, and especially the way that, you know, K.J. Martin had a great game last night. Cassie Stanley had the phenomenal game in the Southern Section Final. Um, and Scotty Pippen Jr. has been real solid as usual all season long, and there are other players. Taryn Frank had a big game the other night. I saw it too. So, uh, you know, this, Sheldon's the underdog, but that's that's still there. They got a shot at it, probably more of a shot shot at it. You thought coming into the game last year, I'd say. So, would you kind of if Sheldon wins, did, is that even much of an upset in your mind, Mark? Obviously, you know, Sierra Kansas preseason number one defending champs, but. <laughs> Would you think it's an upset or not? Not too much. Well, in your in your questions, you would have you said it would be a mild upset. Yeah. Um, it'd be an upset, but I don't think it's would be a big shocker type of upset. It just have to see how it plays out. Um, I mean, given the fact that they played last year and Sheldon was competitive, it's not like they got blown out by. 30 or 40 points or something. No, um, no, they're too good for that. They're too experienced. Yeah, they, they were right there, and they're 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 so well coached, and they play such good defense. Um, they can play good defense on anybody, uh, especially in a playoff game like this. Um, and they'll they'll have a lot of home fans like they did last year, um, and I think they'll be very competitive, and it'll be a it'll be a pretty good game. I think it'll be a pretty. It'll probably be similar to the game last night with modern day makes sense um last question marco as we wrap up uh you're gonna see the big o one more time i know you kind of mentioned hey kleckner would be nice to see kleckner in the state final he's been a great coach or did you know to see the big o one last time either way you kind of win so you're gonna get to see the big o uh how many comparable big men have you seen of him over the years at the state final the last 35 40 years at the state final well i think the one you think about first is the the last two-time Mr. Basketball we had in California is Tyson Chandler from Dominguez. Do, would I put the big O at that at that level? That's a guy that was picked second in the NBA draft? Yeah. Probably not. Well, yeah, his, his highlights have been making the social media realm, and I think everybody's like, oh, my God. You know, he was obviously yeah, really probably, athletic. Probably then. not quite at the level Tyson Chandler was at. No, um, and, and he didn't have to do as much, too. He had more parts around him. That's kudos yeah. to the big O, you know, big O but has to I, dominate. I'd say the big O is right there with, with, with some of the other guys who we've seen and, and lead their teams to state titles. Like, um, I don't know, Amir Johnson from Westchester in, uh, 2005, somebody like that. Yeah. He's an um, NBA player. Or maybe, uh, maybe a Scott Williams from, uh, from Hacienda Heights Wilson. He's kind of right there with a, with a player like that. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, you have a player, you know, would, would you put the big O as, uh, with an Aaron Gordon? 
mean, Aaron Gordon's a pretty elite NBA guy right now, and he was in the open division the last two years. Chino Hills was in was in Division One, um, and Aaron Gordon is definitely more of a forward, not a center. But sure. um, I think Aaron Gordon is you know is certainly as big and physical. Yeah, he's considered a big man big, at that big level, o, as Big O would be. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, you talk about the best big man. You know, he's he's up there in the mix. That's for sure. Is he the best? Probably not, but he's he's definitely up there. Um, he's probably higher than a guy like LeRon Ellis. Uh, some of the, a guy like that is probably higher than that, who, who we saw uh, for modern day in, in, in the late '80s. Um, and there's been some other, other you know, the uh, the Collins twins. We've seen them. Yeah, there's been a... he might be in there in there in that realm for sure. Or or the Lope, Well, we didn't see the Lopez twins. They didn't get there, but they they were. They were in the regionals. I saw him play, but not sure. in the state finals. And they're definitely he would definitely be in that sort of mix for sure. Yeah, that's and it's just been his just the way he's come on this year and last year down the stretch. Pretty impressive. You just gotta hand it to him. Um it's just you just shake your head about the McDonald's snub and but he's you know, he's making him he's gonna make it hard for us when we do Mr. Basketball again. That's yeah, sure. there's been a lot of a uh, lot of Things happened in the last few weeks. Obviously, we saw Rancher Christian get upset. You know, they've had a great year. This this year, this week kind of shook up California from a national perspective. And obviously, Big O has something to do with that. And the great teams at, you know, Fairfax and Westchester always put on a good good performance in the regional. So we appreciate the insight, Mark. Thank you for your time. We'll see you this weekend in a few days. And uh, looking forward to another state championship. Sounds good. It'll be fun. Thank you, Mark. That was Mark Tennis, uh, co-founder, uh, current do-it-all guy for Cal High Sports. Um, Ronnie, um, I thought you were an, exci- an encyclopedia. Now I know where you get it from. Yeah, that dude on. has a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, he's been around a long time. You know, he, he makes some good points about seeing things from different perspectives, the gender equity a little bit. I get that. I think me and you, you know, we focus on on the boy side. There's obviously always, you know, things to discussing and, and CIF is running a business. So, and obviously Mark's been around for a lot of that. Kudos to him. He's done a lot for a lot of people around the state. They look for him to him, you know, for, for guidance. And also his state rankings have been around as long as he has since the late seventies and his state rankings obviously led into the, to be honest, to let led into the CIF bowl game series without him pushing those state rankings for football, for football yeah. and talking right. about how good deal South people didn't believe it until right. they saw it. And now it's like, obviously they made a movie and the about state, the team. The state bowl games are really good for, yeah. for um, high school football. Yeah, it's been a good thing. It started in 2006. Obviously, the the basketball has been around longer. Uh, we've luckily, like you said, we've had great girls players: Diana Taurasi, yeah. Cheryl Miller, mm-hmm. uh, Lisa, Leslie. Lisa Leslie. Like, I mean, half the good girls team in the world are basically from California. So yeah. that's been a plus for us. Obviously, the boys is up and down. Some years you have a great player. Some some years you may not. And they're tweaking this. I'm sure they'll keep tweaking it. You know, they got to fix that thing with with Bakersfield, Christian, and Foothill. That just that shouldn't happen. Yeah, this is, just I'm think, trying to figure out ways in my head how that is possible. It just has to be like a clerical error. Like they yeah. they thought like Foothill 
it was a different foothill, like not Foothills Bakersfield, that one. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just they should have caught it or they should have amended it maybe immediately on Monday morning. Maybe, yeah. When, yeah. when they saw it or when people saw it because that didn't make sense to have them. Foothill in. Bakersfield was like, shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. Yeah, yeah I mean, Squid uh, we're Turner. Good. Yeah, we're Selfishly, good. I'm glad I'm going to see Squid sure, Turner. Sure, yeah, right, right. You know, I, I wanted to see Squid Turner. I've seen him with uh, Cal United. And Cal like, United, he, yeah. You know, I've seen him a few times, but I haven't really seen him to the level I want to see him. We'll see what Mount Shasta has to offer in, in return. But, you know, at least to see him, to see Cedric Altman, to see the Mahaney boys. Yeah, I think that's going to be Colony and Camp Alinda is going to be, I think it's going to be the best, like, best basketball game, game, game. Yeah. at the at the state finals. Like, like kind of evenly matched. Yeah, yeah, Neither team has this big 6'9", six, 6'11". Six, right, no big center. size differential, no, no yeah. like, drop-off from just good basketball. guard play. Just real good and both, you know, well-coached teams, uh, yeah. good guard play. I think it's going to be a good, uh, really great game. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, There's going to be a lot know, of good games, though, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's actually turned out pretty well. Again, I think they need to tweak it, especially, like you said, down here in the south, the way the southern section does it with their quarterfinalists in D1 is not in the regional. You don't have Damien in the regional. It kind of looks odd when you have a third or fourth place team from a, a weaker league or, you know, I don't want to throw in a team out there. Let's say Gardena Valley City section. Nothing against them. But they're in the regional and Damien's not. It's right. kind of odd. Yeah. You know, just remind, I just think that's kind of odd when you can see, you're supposed to reward the teams for their whole season. Obviously, the seedings, like we've mentioned a thousand times, the Mayfair Rancho, Rancho Cucamonga thing was kind of, uh, you know, it's going to increase or decrease your chances to win state. Yeah, immensely. that was that was just tough luck for Mayfair because yeah. the central section took two teams to the north. And and like he said, like and Mark San said, Diego sent one team instead of two. Yeah. You know, the James Logan, if they're going against Salesian or Sheldon in the one eight or the two seven we don't see them they're right. out right you know, they're not playing against the big O. so those things hopefully get tweaked in but overall i think like you said some pretty good matchups uh we're talking about great players uh obviously we talked about tyson chandler scott williams big O. uh i know Devin, you wanted to talk a little bit as we get closer to wrapping up this this segment uh, about the good players in the south uh various awards you know what you think obviously in a few weeks and after the season there's going to be all section teams, and then in Cal High Sports, as we do with Mark, we're going to name our all state team and Mr. Basketball. That's our award that we've been naming for many years. So go ahead and, uh, Devin, talk a little bit about, start with the big O and, and talk about other yeah, good players. I just wanted to kind of touch, get both of our takes on, you know, Southern section, since that's what we watch the most, yeah. divisional players of the year. Yeah. I think in the open, it's got to be Cassius Stanley from Sierra Canyon. Open division champions. Yeah, he's been their most consistent at- player. He had the twenty-nine point game against Bishop Montgomery in the in the section in the southern section open division championship at Cal Baptist. Are you in agreement there? Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think uh, when you look at last year, they had four good players. They're state champions, so obviously they're gonna have a couple guys on on the all state team. Last year, I just thought they couldn't they couldn't uh, get it done without Kenyon Martin and his rebounding, whether it was against Modern Day or or in the regional or against Sheldon. And this year's changed a little bit. I think uh, he's maybe taking a more secondary role. Cassius has had a great year. Yeah, he's been shooting it really consistently. Yeah, Cassius is finally reaching that elite level that people thought, you know, coming in in high school when he was at Harvard Westlake, he just needs to calm his game down a little bit, cut down the turnovers, hit the shot, and I think he's done that for the most part. So kudos to Cassius. Yeah, I think we're going to see him one more game. Yep, Division One. Let's move to Division One. I think it's a consensus. Consensus. Uh, Anyeko Okongwu uh, will likely be the Division One Player of the Year. Um, what are your thoughts, Ronnie? Yeah, when I look to D one. I think that's the big bracket with all the teams. I mean, it's they got the they you know 
besides that loss, I, I it's hard to take away from the season he had. If, obviously, if he would have won that game and then do all this, it, it, there'd be no question. But you got, I think, because you look at the whole regional and the whole season, I think what happened with Marguerite against Atawanda, you have to give it to Big O because of what he did against Atawanda. Right. If, right. if he yeah. would have had no points against Atawanda. <laughs> Or, or two points, and yeah. you say, man, you know, Edouard is just playing had, that lights out. He had 27 points, 11 yeah. rebounds, six blocks, five assists, and four steals last night against Edouard. Yeah. I think in the, Frank Frank Burleson and I and you, yes, uh, TJ Fridays before the game, we crunched some numbers about Big O. Uh, he was around the the 29-point, uh, 12-rebound, uh, five-block, five-assist range for his, his uh, playoff run. Yeah, um, in the regional. In the regional. So now including last night's game against Atawanda, he's at 30.8 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 5.8 assists. With that, that part has been big. It was huge against Bosco in the second round. Um, he's and a great then, passer. You know, out of the double team, you know, Coach Lattimore, credit to him. He's an inside type of guy. He wants to get that ball to the big man. They, they Will Pluma, Bell. Nick Manorhall. They've yeah. been doing a good job of not – Forcing shots, yeah, getting it in and then getting it back, and then he's also at six point five blocks per game. He had eight <laughs> blocks in the first round against Mayfair, uh, five against Bosco, seven against Rancho Verde, and then six last night against Etowah, including a couple that really mattered down the stretch. Yeah, just un- unbelievable numbers so, for I mean, Big O. I mean, his I think his his playoff record. We also did his playoff record over his four years in high school. He's thirty and three he's in the playoffs with the loss of. His sophomore year, the two losses his sophomore year, and then last against Santa Margarita. Weeks to Santa Margarita. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, uh, let's go to Division Two. Um, I, I mean, so you have to you have to give Josh Christopher a lot of thought here, along with Cedric Altman, because Josh Christopher was a two double A guy at the Southern Section level, and we're talking Southern Section. They beat Rancho Cucamonga, um, but then Colony also beat Rancho Cucamonga, and they won the two A championship. So who are you going with? I'm Christopher or or Altman. Uh, man, it's tough. I'm, I'm gonna have to go with Josh. Uh, you, I'll go with Altman. Um, because again, he he uh got it done in terms of what he's doing. If you took the total totality of the season, I, I thought at times Mayfair was uh average during the season, lost a couple games during the early, you know, colony going over the right. They only lost a couple uh, close game to Etiwanda and a couple other really good teams. They're 30 and 5 going in state final. I just thought if Josh. In that six eleven regional matchup, he was just monster against. Oh yeah, he Gino had forty four points. Yeah, it yeah. was. He had a. I mean, he had yeah. a great game. But again, yeah. what are you going to do with Big O? It was a close game down the state. Had a chance to tie it with the yeah. with the last second three. It didn't go in. I mean, if they would have won that game, I think Josh would have bagged it pretty easily. But Cedric yeah. Altman is just. He's come on. Um, last year he was good. This year he's been excellent. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go opposite you. Okay. Just see how it. How not nah, like the Wooden War in the Southern Section names their players? We'll see that. Right. Obviously, we can have it different from the, for the All State team, which is there's some other All State teams out there. But that's the beauty of this it, process yeah. is yeah. you know all there's different names, people with yeah. different opinions, and that's kind of what we want to discuss on here. Yeah, the big thing is All State when we name it. You know, we want to get it right. So it'll be at the end of the season. We'll see, we'll, we'll take into what happens. We'll even take into what happens at uh, guys at McDonald's and. Um, you know, guys that play in local all-star games, all that, if we see it, it'll matter. So, right. All right, guys. Um, we're going to cut our play, our, our player of the year candidates there at division two. Uh, we appreciate you listening. in again, uh, special thanks to Mark tennis from Cal high sports for jumping on with us for lending, lending, you know, 30 minutes of his knowledge 
um, to our podcast. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you see it. Uh, interact with us on social media. Um, give a shit if you if you feel you need to. Uh, we can take it, and you know we like all the all the you know people interacting with us uh, on various you know social media or in person, whatever. Um, we're always open to feedback, so give us a shout. Um, we appreciate your ears, and we'll catch you next time on In the Paint. <laughs>